Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just a quick warning before we begin. Today's episode discusses the deaths of newborn babies. It was the very youngest patients at the Countess of Chester Hospital that Lucy Letby cared for. Lucy Letby's job as a specialist neonatal nurse brought her into contact with the most vulnerable of babies. Her defence team asked her, have you ever tried to kill any baby you've cared for? No. She's accused of injecting them with air. The nurse denies killing the brothers, murdering another five babies and attempting to... In one, she wrote the words... I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough. But Lucy Letby said her mental state was not good at all when she wrote it. She said it was just her processing her thoughts. Last October, 33-year-old Lucy Letby went on trial, charged with the murder of seven babies and attempted murder of ten more. She denies all charges. Now, her trial is nearing its end. Our correspondent, Tom Ball, has been in Manchester Crown Court throughout, covering the case in which an NHS nurse is accused of the most distressing of crimes. With a jury expected to begin their deliberations next month, we bring you an update of the case so far. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the NHS nurse accused of murdering babies, Lucy Letby, on trial. My name is Tom Ball, and I am the Northern Correspondent for The Times. And Tom, you've been covering a court case. This is the Lucy Letby trial. Tell us a little bit about that. Since October of last year, Lucy Letby, a neonatal nurse at the Countess of Chester Hospital, has been on trial, accused of seven alleged murders and ten attempted murders of babies who were on that unit at the hospital. Certainly one of the biggest trials of recent years, both in terms of the number of charges that Lepp is accused of, 22 counts, but more so because of the shocking nature of, of the alleged crimes that those charges describe. And we should just say that she does deny all charges. The trial isn't over yet. Just give us a sense of where we are, what sort of stage we're at. So we're now in the eighth month of the trial. For the first six months or so, the jury had heard the case of the prosecution. 
Now we've had Letby's defence. We'll get into those allegations in full in a moment. But before we do, can you just paint a picture for us of what the court has heard about Letby's arrest? The crimes that Letby is accused of having committed took place between June of 2015 and June of 2016. Letby was arrested for the first time in July of 2018 and she'd been on holiday and got back the night before. Police arrived at her her home in Chester at the crack of dawn while she was still asleep. Her father had also been staying with her at the house at that time and police came in. She was still in bed and she was handcuffed and taken away. Photographs of her home were were taken at that time, which were shown to the court. You can see pictures of her bedroom. There is her unmade bed, and across it were five stuffed toys arranged across the duvet, as well as uh, a sign hanging on the bedroom wall reading, Love Sparkles Wherever You Go. It was quite messy. There are bags that you can see, holdall bags that are placed around the room. Pictures were also taken of her kitchen as well. A happy birthday card from her two cats saying happy birthday mummy, as well as photographs and letters from family members. What did the prosecution say that this bedroom scene showed? During that arrest, police searched the house and they found a number of handwritten notes. There were some notes that were found inside a diary from 2016 on which had been written, I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough. Another note said, I'm evil, I did this. And there are others also that said words like slander, discrimination, and I haven't done anything wrong. Lots of paperwork was found at Lucy Letby's home when she was arrested, uh, but it's a post-it note that was focused on today. It was enlarged and shown on the big screens in court. On it, there was around 100 or so words that Lucy Letby had written. There is no debate that she wrote it, but her legal team is arguing that it shows her anguish and not her guilt. The defence say that with regard to these notes, she was under immense strain at the time that it was written and these weren't an admission of guilt. They were the scribblings or the the expression of somebody who was under a lot of pressure and who at that point had start to felt as though people were accusing her of having been in some way involved in the deaths of the babies on the unit. Tell us a little bit more about the woman in middle of all of this. I mean, people who followed the case might have seen pictures of Lucy Letby, a young blonde woman in her scrubs quite often. But tell us, what exactly do we know about her background? She's 33 years old, born in 1990. So at the time when she's alleged to have committed these crimes, she would have been 25, 26. She's originally from Hereford. She went to comprehensive school before then going to the University of Chester to study nursing in 2008. She said she'd always wanted to be a nurse and she told the court that she'd also been the first person in her family to go to university. She graduated in 2011 and then in January of 2012 got a job working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester where she had previously done work placements and so had some knowledge of the hospital prior to her working there. She told the court that in the years that she had worked, uh, she'd looked after hundreds of babies on the unit. 
do we know anything about her her personal life? She was single. She lived in a semi-detached house in Chester that she'd bought in 2016 with her two cats, Tigger and Smudge. Both of her parents are still alive and in their 70s. And she says that she was very close to her parents and in text exchanges with colleagues read out to the courts. She talks about how it was difficult for her to move away from Hereford and that she wouldn't want to leave the UK because she couldn't do that to her mum and dad. She told the court that she would often volunteer for overtime because she didn't have many commitments in her life. But equally, she said that she had an active social life. She used to regularly go to salsa classes, would go out with friends, meet up for lunch, go to the gym, and often went on holidays with friends to places like Ibiza. And how long had Lucy Letby been a nurse in June 2015 when that first baby died? So she started work in January of 2012, so roughly three and a half years. What do we know about the hospital itself? It is the hospital for Chester, which is a city in Cheshire in the northwest. It has a maternity unit and it delivers thousands of babies every year. It's known locally as the Countess. And Tom, just talk us through the accusations. What exactly is Lucy Letby being accused of? She's accused of murdering seven babies and attempting to murder ten others during a year-long period between June of 2015 and June of 2016. Twenty-two charges. She does deny all of those charges. How is she accused of murdering or attempting to murder some of these babies? Well, the prosecution alleges that Letby either murdered or attempted to murder these babies using a range of different methods by poisoning with insulin, by injecting them with with air known as uh, an air embolus, uh, either through an intravenous line or through a nasogastric tube into their stomach, by overfeeding them with milk or by interfering with baby's breathing tube. I mean, in terms of overfeeding, I think a lot of people hearing that will be slightly stunned. Is, is that possible? Can you kill a baby by giving it too much milk? Well, I think you have to remember that the, a lot of these babies are premature. Some of these babies, when they're born, were, were smaller than the palm of your hand. It really only takes a very small amount of milk to overfeed them. Some of them are being fed 0.5 millilitres at intervals, so a drop, essentially. So any more than that could be very dangerous for them. And Tom, just talk us through some of the babies. They're known in court by letters. Why is that? It's because the court has placed a reporting restriction on the names of the babies and their parents. The press isn't allowed to report anything that would lead to their identification and therefore we refer to the babies as babies A through Q rather than using their their real names. Tell us a bit about the cases of baby A and baby B. What do we know about what happened to them? So baby A and, and baby B, they were born in June of 2015. They're twins. Baby A is a boy and baby B is a girl. Baby A was delivered prematurely by cesarean section 31 weeks. He was being cared for in nursery one, the ICU, and his designated nurse was Lucy Letby. The court has been told that though he was born very prematurely, he was stable and was doing well, was breathing without support. But on the 8th of June, the prosecution say that 
He suffered a rapid deterioration and was pronounced dead just under an hour after Lepi came on shifts. The prosecution say that Lepi had injected Baby A with, with an air embolus into his bloodstream and that was what killed him. The mother and father of the baby, uh, as well as his grandmother, were in the hospital at the time and had been called by nurses to come quickly when, at the time that, that he collapsed, giving evidence. His mother said that she has, had come into the room and, and seen her baby being surrounded by nurses and doctors who were desperately trying to resuscitate him. But um, tragically, he died. After that, Letby, with the baby's parents' consent, took a hand and, and footprint of the baby as well as a lock of his hair and, and gave it to them. One of the things that was noted about Baby A, which would later be noted in, in other babies in this trial, is that he had an unusual rash on his skin, which doctors giving evidence have said that they hadn't seen before. A rash they'd just never seen on babies before, or they hadn't seen on Baby A before. They'd never seen on babies before. They described it as a rash that would come and go, uh, kind of mottling on the skin. What do Lucy Letby's defence say about Baby A? She denies any involvement in Baby A's death. Her defence deny that it was an air embolus that was the cause of death for the baby. After Baby A's death, which sounds tragic, I mean, the parents are given the prints of his hand and his foot and a lock of hair... What happens to baby B, the twin? So the parents of baby A and baby B, after having lost baby A, understandably very concerned about baby B. And so they spent all of the following day by her cot size. Uh, eventually, towards evening, they were persuaded to, to go and get some rest. But then just after midnight, around 27 hours, after her brother had died, baby B then collapsed. Lucy Letby wasn't the designated nurse would be baby B, but she had been helping the designated nurse starting up a bag of, of feed at around midnight. 25 minutes later, at half past midnight, baby B's alarm went off and it was Lucy Letby who attended and saw that she was no longer breathing and again had this same strange rash that her brother had had as well. Again, their parents were called and giving evidence. Her mother recalled how it was almost an identical scene to that which she'd seen the night before. After resuscitation, baby B quickly recovered and she was discharged about a month later. I mean, the whole episode must have been horrendous for the parents. Fortunately, baby B survived. She was discharged. How does Lucy Letby become involved in her case? What is the accusation there? Medical experts from the prosecution agreed that she was subjected to some form of sabotage and may well have been injected with air. However, the defence denied that this is the case. They say that it wasn't an air embolus which caused her to collapse. Tom, hearing the detail about the babies is incredibly difficult. and We won't linger on all of the cases, but it is important to just get a, an understanding of what the accusations are, of how the, the prosecution think it would have been possible for these babies to be killed or for that to be attempted murder. So tell us a bit about the case of Baby G. Baby G was the most premature of all the babies in this case. She was born in May of 2015. The prosecution allege 
that let me made three attempts to murder her. The first of which was on her 100th day of life, on which day the nurses on the unit threw a little party for her. They strung up a banner and made a cake for baby G's parents. And prosecutors say that let me overfed the baby with milk through a nasogastric tube, as well as also injecting her with air using the same tube that would have gone directly into her stomach. They say that she then later made two more attempts to kill her. Jurors have heard how the baby, who's now eight years old... So the baby survived? Yes, she did survive. However, she has suffered several long-term effects from from this and has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and requires 24-hour care from her parents. Wow. And what do... Lucy Letby's defence here about baby G? They said that she was extremely premature. She was born at 23 weeks and as a result was a high risk in any case and that Lucy Letby did nothing to contribute to what happened to her. And Tom, you mentioned earlier that Lucy Letby is accused of trying to kill babies by injecting them with insulin. Tell us about the babies who were affected by that. There were two babies who are alleged to have been attacked with insulin or have been poisoned with insulin. Baby F was the first baby that, that let be said to have tried to murder using insulin. Prosecution say that shortly after receiving a, a nutrient feed through an intravenous line on August the 4th of 2015, his heart rate suddenly shot up and his blood sugar levels plummeted. Fortunately, baby recovered. But the prosecution say that when it was later investigated, blood samples showed that there was extremely high insulin level, which medical experts said only had one explanation, i.e. that the child had somehow received insulin from an outside source. The prosecution say that Letby would have gone into the fridge where drugs are kept on the unit and would have extracted insulin and then injected it into one of these feed bags, which was then fed to Baby F. Letby's defence barrister doesn't deny the fact that Baby F was poisoned with insulin, but they say that it wasn't Letby that did it and that it must therefore have been tampered with either by somebody else on the unit or by somebody before it had reached the unit. Because insulin, of course, is produced by your body, but they all agree, both sides, that clearly there was so much in the system that this definitely came from outside. They just dispute who would have injected the baby. Exactly. And it's worth adding, as I mentioned, that there was another baby that let bees accused of trying to murder with insulin. That was Baby L. And the defence, just as with Baby F, don't dispute that there was too much insulin in the baby's system, but say that there's no evidence that Let B was to blame. In a moment, we'll hear the case presented by Lucy Letby's defence, which includes a conspiracy surrounding four consultants. That's coming up. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Tom, we know what Lucy Letby stands accused of, terrible accusations. How did she actually end up in court? The court was told that Letby was taken off the neonatal ward in July of 2016 and moved to a different part of the hospital onto more administrative roles. The hospital carried out a review of what had been happening and, and why these deaths and collapses had taken place. And eventually they decided to call in the police in 2017. A year later, following a police investigation, Letby was then arrested in July of 2018. And then again, once in 2019 and again in 2020. And she's been in custody ever since then. So clearly the hospital thought something was wrong. You know, there will be deaths in the neonatal ward, but they thought this seemed abnormal, which is why they began this review. Just tell us a bit about the hospital itself and what we know of how it's run. Well, Letby's defence have said repeatedly that what these deaths came down to was nothing to do with Letby, but was due to the fact that some of these babies received suboptimal care. They said that nurses were overstretched and that the unit was understaffed which then made the collapse and death of some of these babies an inevitability, in the words of the defence. And they also say that these babies on the neonatal unit were very vulnerable and so therefore would have been at a high risk anyway. So they blame the unit at large, but she is the only person who's on trial for, for the murder of seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others. That's right. As you've watched the court case unfold... Just sum up for us so far what we know the prosecution's main case against Lucy Letby to be. The prosecution essentially say that Letby was the common denominator throughout all of this, that she was the one who was on duty, on shift at all the relevant times when the babies were allegedly attacked. And they say that that by a simple process of elimination, only one person could have been responsible for that and she was described at the opening of the trial by by Nick Johnson of the prosecution as a, a constant, malevolent presence at the hospital. Before January 2015, the neonatal unit had a normal mortality rate, but that number went up during those months between June 2015 and June 2016. And that there were babies who, although they were either in a high-dependency 
room or in intensive care they were some of them were, were stable some of them were on the mend and they then deteriorated for no apparent reason so is the prosecution's case that she wasn't up to the job that she made a series of mistakes that led to these babies deaths or is it that it was deliberate the case is, is definitely that it was deliberate what's the defense's case so far what are they saying has happened the defence say that the prosecution's case is based entirely on coincidence and assumption. They say that four consultants on the unit had conspired to, as, as let me put it, to get her in order to cover up for failings that were going on at the hospital. It's their claim that Letby was essentially being made out to be a fool guy for the failures that were going on in that unit. As I said before, they've said the unit was understaffed, that nurses were overstretched, and that babies were receiving suboptimal care. Tell us a bit about this idea of a, almost a conspiracy of these doctors ganging up. I mean, how do they explain that? What do they think has happened? There are four consultants, senior doctors, who worked on the unit, and they've been described in court as the gang of four. It's Letby's contention that there was a conspiracy between these four to, as she put it, to get her, giving evidence. One of those four doctors had said that as early as October of 2015, he had been voicing concerns about Letby in connection to some of the collapses and deaths on the unit, concerns which were brought up again over the coming months, which eventually resulted in Letby being taken off the unit in the summer of 2016. Text messages between Letby and colleagues have been read out in court in which it's clear that she was aware that the pall of suspicion had fallen onto her. And she describes in some of her, her jottings that police discovered, she described the four consultants as the bastards and... As I said, it's her contention that there was a conspiracy to get her in order, she says, to mask failings that were going on in the unit. Tom, you've been in court for months now. You've been following this court case. What about Lucy Letby herself? How has she appeared during the case? She's been flanked by two female officers who sit either side of her. If you'd seen the photographs of Lucy Letby in her scrubs with her blonde hair, she does look quite different from she did then. Her hair is now darker and longer and she looks more pallid than she did. She has been fairly impassive throughout proceedings, will occasionally pass a note through to her solicitors or take a sip of water. There have been times when she has started to cry a week or so ago. The judge cut the hearing short by an hour or so when Letby said that she had become confused by the, the overload of information that was being given to her by the prosecution. So occasionally she does have some outpouring of emotion, but for the most part she's been fairly impassive and responds to questions in an even and level manner. 
And Tom, this trial isn't over yet. What happens next? Well, we'll have closing speeches from both the prosecution and the defence, which we think will happen sometime within the next month or so. After that, the jury will then go out and they'll deliberate a verdict on all 22 counts. I should add that it's on the prosecution to prove to the jury beyond all reasonable doubt that Letby did what she stands accused of. So it'll be some time before we know. It may well be. And for you, having covered this trial in depth, what's that been like? This is the longest trial that I've certainly ever covered. A lot of it's been very technical and you feel that you can't miss a day or two of evidence because so much of it is very complex in what she's being accused of in what witnesses are saying and get your head around a lot of the medical terminology that's being said within the in the trial. It's been difficult from that perspective. But apart from that, it's also been quite harrowing having to listen to details of how parents lost their children. And I don't think there's anybody that's been able to listen to the details of this case and, and not felt a great deal of of sorrow having to listen to what happened to to these children and and what their parents went through. And for a lot of people who've been following the trial, whether Lucy Letby is guilty or not, why do you think it is that this case has become so significant? I think because of the fact that a hospital is somewhere where you expect to be safe, you expect to be looked after, and the idea that defenceless babies could have been subjected to harm by the very people who were in there to look after them is is totally antithetical to that idea of, of hospital and, and medical treatment. So it's every parent's worst nightmare, really. And it gets under your skin, this idea that that could be your child who you've given over to somebody else's care that, that could be in danger. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Tom Ball, Northern Correspondent at The Times. You can read all of Tom's reporting on the trial of Lucy Letby at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription, and we've put a link to his most recent report from Manchester Crown Court in the description notes of this episode. The producer today was Will Rowe. The executive producer is Kate Ford. And sound design was by David Crackles. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.